Hi, mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Reawakened Mom Podcast. I want to take a minute and say thank you for listening to this podcast each week. This is episode 32, and it's hard to believe I've been dropping episodes for eight months now. Most podcasts die out before they even get to number nine. So thank you for supporting me, the show, and the guests that have been on. If you take a minute right now while you're thinking about it and subscribe to the show, and then go to Apple podcast of course if you listen on that platform and leave me a written review that would be such a gift ratings and reviews are really how the podcast gets shown to more mamas you're the best on today's episode i am joined by an incredible woman anna bryce she is a wife a mama of three and coach to parents and their kids there are so many great insights to be had during our conversation if you feel you have trouble communicating with your children or they have trouble communicating with you as their parent anna gives great ideas on simple things that can help set intentions for yourself as a parent before you have interactions with your children so you're in control of your own energy and let's be real mamas are we wanting things for our kids that they just don't want for themselves she helps your kids be able to open up to you about what they truly want going back and editing this episode was such a gift to me in this moment because we recorded back in april so i know you will love this episode make sure you tag me and anna on instagram and let us know your aha moment or take a selfie in the car of you setting your intention and tag us have some fun with it P.S. Before we dive in, if you're a visual person like me, make sure you go check out my YouTube channel. You will find this episode with me and Anna on there. It's totally unedited and you can see all the funny things that we do with our hands and all that kind of stuff. So go check out the YouTube channel and P.S.S. There were a few spots in this episode that have kind of an echoey sound. It doesn't take away at all from the content, but I could not for the life of me figure out how to edit it out. So just move through it and enjoy the conversation with Anna. Okay, mama, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Reawakened Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Clampett. I am so grateful you're here. This show is for you if you find yourself always putting others' needs before yours. You naturally take care of others first. You find yourself in constant comparison with other moms. You put your dreams, goals, ambitions, and passions on hold. If you raised your hand and said, that's me, this show is for you. You are not alone. My goal with this podcast is to show you it doesn't have to be this way. I invite you to join the weekly conversations and learn mom hacks, proven strategies, techniques, and mindset tips to reawaken who you truly are. Some episodes, I'll be here riding solo and riffing on a specific topic. Other weeks, I'll invite moms and experts to share their stories and journeys on how they reawakened their life. We need your voice out in this world, so stop hiding, stop dimming, stop following, and start knowing, shining, and leading because you are not alone. Let's reawaken the passion living inside of you together. I am on today with my friend Anna Bryce. How are you, Anna? Good, good. I'm here in, in central Wisconsin where it's cloudy and <laughs> not as warm as I would like, but other than that, I am fantastic. <laughs> we were just talking how I was like, oh, it's nice and sunny here, but we've gone from like 70 degrees to 50 degrees. Like the weather just can't make up its mind. <laughs> yeah. Yep. In Wisconsin, we like get down to the 30s and I'm like, no, I'm done with this. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would be freezing. Like my fingertips and my toes would be white. It wouldn't be fun. So yeah. <laughs> hoping on the warm for both of us, especially for like baseball season because we're both like baseball and sports moms. We have a lot of that and a lot of traveling. We were just talking about coming up as well. So we are we're totally getting ready to get into the zone of being on the road, right? right. Yeah we already started like our practices and stuff. And when it's cold like that, like as a coach, because I help coach my daughter's um, league team, like, I'm like, we have to get out there and practice. Right. And then by the end of practice, I'm like, I wish we would have canceled practice. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. Cause it gets so cold. We were out like, at a baseball game for middle school yesterday. And I had like my Uggs on, I had a, my beanie, I had my warm winter jacket blankets. Like, I'm like, I just want it to be warm. Can we just <laughs> the warm part, please. Yes, please. <laughs> but Anna, thank you so much for being with me today on the Reawakened Mom podcast. I'm so thankful that you are here. So I would love to just have you kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your journey to, to where you are now. And that could be about motherhood, about what you're doing with your business, whatever you feel in your heart that you want to start sharing. Sure. Well, first of all, I want to say thanks for asking me to be here because that's exciting, right? But so I'm Anna Bryce. I have new generation leadership coaching where I coach youth and usually moms, not so many dads that are interested in that, but you know, they, they get curious as well. And we just talk about goals and dreams and what it is that they want to do. Um, communication is a huge thing. So I kind of got started down this, this path because I found myself the communicating can be so difficult at times and for parents being one myself wanting certain things for my kids that maybe they don't want for themselves mm -hmm. so it kind of was an eye-opener where I'm like oh I'm I'm pushing them in a direction that they don't even want to go and you don't realize that you know you don't see that because you want that for them but taking a step back and being like oh this is, this is not the direction they want to go. So we need to deep dive into what do they want to do and then find those activities and resources for them to grow in that area because ultimately it is their life, right? <laughs> Probably it's the moms that find you, I'm assuming. I'm sure the kids yeah. are looking you up like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 100% the moms, right? The, oh, my child isn't doing this and they're, they're stuck here or, you know, all those as a mom, it's so hard, isn't it? Like you're, you're trying to push your kid and you feel like they're just like stuck. They're not doing anything. And it can be an eye opener for the parent for sure. Because when I come back with, well, does your child want to do that? <laughs> no, maybe not. You gotta, you gotta look at that. You gotta see what path they're really trying to go down. So Right. And so do you do a lot of your coaching with the mom and the kids or however it works like together or things done separately, kind of like, you know, um, marriage counseling, <laughs> how does that work? I'm really curious about that. Yeah. So usually the parents are looking for somebody to coach their child. Right. So when we're getting into it, we start with, yeah, I'm going to be coaching your child, but I also want to bring in the family as well, because that's an important part. For me to sit there and talk to the child and get all these ideas and grow with their goals and set different goals with them, that's great. But a lot of times the child's scared to talk to their parents about that. 
So bringing in the parents and saying, okay, this is the path they want to go down and having someone there to support them, that can be an important piece of that puzzle too. So having those sessions with the parents as well is, is very important. Do you have, I mean, do you mind talking a little bit about what that might look like? Because I think it'd be really beneficial if there were like some questions or just some things that parents could kind of do like as like prep work or like beforehand or things they could do for themselves at their house to maybe build that communication a little bit with their kids. Because I do agree communication is so hard, especially I have teenagers right now. And that is just such a hard time to talk about anything other than please get off your phone or your electronic, or yes, I would actually like to do something with you and you be seen with me, you know what I mean? Cause they don't want to be around me. I feel like, so do you have any tips or suggestions or, you know, things that how we could talk to our kids that might actually help a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So my number one thing, even in my own household is just staying curious. Cause I feel like as a parent, I can ask my child a question and they don't answer to my thinking that they're going to. And then I'll be like, okay, well, they're not interested, right? And that might not be the case. They're distracted. Like you said, they've got phones, they've got tablets, they've got other things that they're they're focused on at the time. So just stay curious, keep asking them questions and then set set some time away for them to put those gadgets away where you can actually talk and have those deep conversations because otherwise, if you just allow them to to have those at all times, then they're not going to give you answers that you're you're hoping for, wanting the details of. Setting some time away for that and, and getting some good quality conversation is very important. Yeah. I, and I think that is, that can be the hardest thing. And, you know, our kids are both busy. Like my boys do baseball, you know, and then they're in school all day. So by the time they get home and if there's a sport and the time we get home, then they just want to be on their phones where, you know, it's, I feel like it's difficult as a parent to sometimes set boundaries and set limits um, on things that are also part of your child's social aspect, because that's how they look at their phones, whether they are texting their friends or using it for entertainment. So I feel like there's a fine line on, okay, how much or how little is the right amount. And I know there's no right answer, but that is like, I feel like a struggle that we have. And then also the disappointment as a parent of my children not wanting to do things with me. If I'm like, okay, let's put everything away. Let's, you guys want to play a game? Do you want to go play ping pong? Do you want to do something? And to constantly hear no as a parent, like I feel like defeated. defeated. I'm like, you don't love me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because again, they're, they're distracted with those other gadgets, right? Like they're like, well, I'd rather be sitting here talking to my friend on my phone, but you can set intentions of like, let's say every Wednesday night, we're going as a family to do something, whether it's at home or it's somewhere bowling or whatever it is, you know, there's different things that you can do as a family that don't involve your phones. It's hard for kids to be told, no, put your phone away. But once they're used to it, it's a part of their routine, right? They're like, 
every Wednesday we do this. So I just, I'm expected to put my phone away and we're going to go do whatever it is the family is doing that day. Yeah, no, I love that. Cause it is, um, it can be something that is super, super hard to do and manage. And, you know, when the schedule is kind of being so crazy and sporadic. So if one's traveling or the other one isn't, or they're both at home or they're both away, then sometimes it's just kind of like hit or miss. I feel like with, with our schedule, because it isn't consistent right now, you know, at all. And I'm like, oh my gosh, and my 15 year old is getting ready to start work. So I'm, I, as a mom, I'm just trying to figure out how am I going to manage all of that and still have a relationship with my kids, still do things for myself and still feel like I'm, my kids might love me or do love me, even if they don't show it necessarily the same way they used to as a kid. It's, it's a lot to like process. I feel like the teenage years. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I get, it's right now I have a 12 year old, right? So he's starting to get into that teen stuff. And sometimes the things that like, you just want to talk to him and he's so distracted by everything else going on. I'm like, can't he just be like my nine-year-old right now and want to talk to me and want to have these conversations? And it's very hard as a mom to put aside that they have, they're growing, they're getting their own life. It's great that they're socializing and it's great that they have these other things going on, but also important to know that they do love you. Yeah. Even yeah. if they tell you at the time they don't. <laughs> you, do you work with the kids on how they can communicate like with their parents as well? Because I'm sure, like you said, you already talked about, well, if kids are scared to tell their parents, maybe I don't want to do something or I'm not really liking playing piano. I don't really even like baseball, but you're making me do it. Like, do you teach kids on things that they can say or how to maybe approach their, their parents? Yeah. So a lot of times it's a conversation around your parents don't know what you don't tell them. So if you're just staying silent about something, then how do you expect for them to understand how you feel? And that's a big thing for kids. Like, of course, as a child, you're scared to tell your parents things. But how often did you find yourself as a child telling your parents something and getting a totally different reaction that you thought you were going to get, right? It's not that it doesn't happen. Parents can fly off the handle and not agree with what, what you have to think. But at the same time, most of the time, most parents are going to be supportive and they're going to have your back and want the best for you. Talking to them is is very important, having those conversations. Yeah. And then is there ways like that you talk to parents just about how do you even broach that conversation on, well, maybe your kid doesn't even want to do it and you're pushing them to do it. Cause sometimes I think, you know, parents might be reliving what they wanted out of their life through their children. So it's like, oh, you're going to do this because I did it. So then you're going to do it. So is there conversations around that as well? Or like, hey, your child is different than maybe you are or finding out, you know, that that with the parents, like what what your expectations are for your kids? Yeah, so usually that happened within the, the group session with the parents and the child, right? Because I am not, when I'm working with somebody, what we're working on is confidential. I'm not gonna go and tattle on the child, right? Unless it's harmful, it's not my business to tell others, you know, their story. But when you get in the conversation with the parents, then and the child is there, I want the child to be the one to give the information. If they are scared and ask me to do that, then I'm more than willing to 
make the comments that they're asking you to make. But for the most part, you're, you're giving the child the little push of it's safe here. You can talk to your parents here. And if the parents are questioning, well, this is not what I want you to do, then I can bring up the questions of what makes you think that what you want them to do is the same thing that they want. So then we can go down that road, that yeah. Oh my goodness. No, that's great. Cause I think it's such an important thing to do is because communication is so important for everyone and yeah. that communication, you know, there's so many different types of, of parents, um, and so many different parenting styles. So, you know, if parents think, well, I'm the authority and you have to do everything I say, you know, and if the kid isn't, that's not things that they necessarily like to do. It's very hard, I'm sure, for the kids to to stand up for themselves because it's like, well, you're my parent, um, you know, without getting yelled at and trying to figure out how to do that in in a way where everyone can have that conversation calmly um, without flying off the handle, which isn't always easy. Right. Yeah. I grew up in a huge family, blended family. And even with, so I have three kids, they're all different. I was different from all of my siblings. So parenting each child can be very different. Some kids are really good at communicating, some not so much. So it's important for parents to realize that just because you did one thing with one child doesn't mean that it's gonna work the same with the next child, right? So having those, those reminders, those, ideas painted in your head really can help with the communication. Right. So you said you grew up in um in a blended household. So how do you want to talk a little bit about that or how how that was growing up or did that change maybe how you parented or did you see a great examples and you're like, oh that's how I want to do it. Like how was that growing up in in a blended family? It's funny because I think you always grow up and say I'm never gonna be my mother. <laughs> Or I'm never going to be my father, right? Like, I'm not going to do it that way. But then as you become a parent, you're like, oh, yeah, they were right. (laughs) But so my parents um, got divorced when I was very young. I was like in kindergarten. And they both got remarried. Um, My dad remarried someone who had already had a child. Um, They didn't have any more children after that. My mom remarried somebody that had children, but then they also had children together. So I have a lot of step halves. I have a biological sister. Like it's all over the place, right? Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I've always grown up saying that's my sister. That's my brother. Like I don't go to the step and the halves because that can just get so confusing for people. (laughs) Yeah. Where did you fall like in with everyone? Were you like one of the older ones or? Yeah. I would have been the third oldest. Okay. So, yeah, I think that gives you a different perspective on things, right? So I saw how um, I came into this blended family. I had an older brother who's 10 plus years older than me, right? I have an older sister that's a few years older than me. Everybody is younger. So I get to watch how everything has been different since this, right? And as a child, that's very confusing. Like, why did they get to do that? And I don't get to do that. And why are they getting this? And I never got that. But I think as you grow older, you realize there are reasons for things that you'll never understand. Like, I wasn't the parent. I don't know financially what was going on. 
I don't know, you know, what other relationships were affecting that. So it's hard as a child to understand that. And that's part of the reason why coaching with youth was so important for me, because it's hard for them to see that, but to have somebody explain it in that way that you're not seeing the picture that they're seeing can open their eyes a little bit and tell them like you have to, you have to realize there are things that you don't understand that they need to have control over and make decisions around. So yeah. Yeah, it, it can be very complicated in, in households, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's a lot. I so my husband um, had um, a son from a previous marriage. So when we got married, then I instantly became a stepmom. So, um, you know, I'd known this later for, for many years before we got married, but just coming in and being like an instant mom, uh, but we shared custody with his, his biological mom. So it was just interesting coming from that of you know, when he would go to his mom's house, like no one, there was no kids at home and Mike was typically working. So like I was home by myself to then when everybody was in the household. So I'm sure that was different for you too, going from household to household. And then the different rules that were set in each household, because I know for us, we had different rules than his mom. So it would make it hard to kind of go from house to house. And then the rules change. I'm sure that's really hard for kids. Did you find that that was, was difficult or were the households like similar in, in ways or. Yeah. So we had um, similar, but but very different, right? So like when I would go to my dad's, the the main rules are the same. Like they want you to be safe. So they're going to set rules to keep you safe. But at the same time, when I went to my dad's, it was the older kids. So we got a little bit more freedom in that way. When I was at my mom's, it had to be more structured. It had to be more tiny rules in there that you know, maybe could have been pushed away because we were older, but yet we're setting an example for these younger kids as well. So we have to abide by these rules as well. So it, it could be difficult at times, but at the same time, there was a lot that was the same too. And I think that that piece where you have step parents, it's, it's very sticky and difficult. Like I grew up, I love my step parents, especially now as I'm older and I have my own kids. I realized like I put them, I put them through some stuff for sure. And they still love me and they still did their best. But at the time I'm like, you're not my mom or you're not my dad. And I probably treated them horrible and they still love me today, even though I did that because they understood, you know, that's a child. She doesn't know what she's saying. Or it's, you know, coming from being a step parent, like it is just a different situation to come into as well, because you are thinking like, how are they thinking? Like, I know I'm not the, their biological mom. So like, what do they call me? And like, do I reprimand? And, you know, there's so many different situations that were going through my head, um, you know, with my stepson and just like, kind of like, where do I fit into their family that was already together? And then they were by themselves for a while when, you know, my husband was divorced and then now I'm here. And then just like, am I just like the fun one? And I try and like, make sure I'm good and get on the good side. And you do all the reprimand, like, you know, it was very interesting to try and figure out my place as a step parent too. 
Yeah, I get. I could not imagine. I mean, I've been um, lucky so far in life. When I got with my husband, he didn't have children before, so we stepped into marriage as single only people in the marriage and then we had our children and we were raising them together but I know for like my dad's side of it when he got married my dad is my dad's a plumber but it felt like he was gone all the time and so my stepmom kind of stepped up and took that role of I'm the boss around here you need to do chores you need to do this you need to do that but she was still very loving right like she'd still take us and do things but as a teenager, you pushed back as much as you could and you tried to push those boundaries and, and say, well, you can't make those rules for me. Where on my mom's side, I felt like my stepdad took more of a backseat to the role of rules. I think they made the rules together without us knowing as kids, right? But my mom was the enforcer. She was the one to say, no, you're doing this and you're doing that. So I can't push back. It's my mom, right? I mean, I'm I can to a certain point, but not to the same extent. I can't say you're not my boss. She literally was my boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. Just looking at it. Cause I did another podcast episode um, with a friend of mine and that's what she, you know, said the same kind of thing and just, you know, being a step parent, kind of what, what that looks like. And so it's interesting just hearing different points of view on it, just like with everything. Um, and you, you obviously, in whatever situation you're doing as the parent, like you're trying to do a good job, hopefully. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's just a different situation to be in where I feel like a lot of people don't talk about that a lot. Like what is it like to be, you know, a step parent and how do you blend families and and how does this even work? Because it's not really talked about, Um, you know, it just happens like, and then you're married. (laughs) Well, and it's funny because I feel like now in the time we're in right now, it's being talked about more and more. And I'm seeing it more as these parents that are divorced, remarried, and they're bringing these children up together, like as one big family, right? Like I see so many stories of mom and dad got divorced. Mom has a new kid and the, the original dad, not the dad of this kid is still taking that child with his own child to do activities which I think is so cool to have that kind of relationship because you're showing the kids that you can still work together. And I don't, I don't think that that's really how my parents did it. They just kind of handed the children off and was like, you go do your thing with your child and you go do your thing. But they weren't where some parents can be clashing heads all the time. Mine weren't. I mean, they were just kind of, you do your thing and I'll do my thing. So that's so interesting. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't really like looked at it or seen it that much recently, but I haven't been really looking for it. But I'm sure now that we are talking about it, I'll probably see it all the time, just like you said. But I think it's beautiful if two people do get a divorce and they can still, you know, be there for each other in a way as parents. Yeah. For the kids, because I think as kids, a lot of the time, maybe they think it's their fault or what did I do wrong? Or, you know, put the blame on themselves, even if nothing to do with them, it's more the relationship between the two adults. Um, But being able to have that shared community of family, um, I think that's beautiful. That would be, hmm, I mean, it never happens to me where I get there, but 
you know, geez, you never know what happens in the world, but um, I think we're 18 years in now, 2004. I'm like, I think that's close. Uh, So I think we've got that coming up this year on the 15th of May. So I'm like, that's a really long time. It's almost half my life will be coming up sometime soon. Um, So, you know, and it's, it changes all the time, just marriage and, and what it looks like. And then just with your ages of kids and, you know, how you parent and jobs and, you know, careers. And then if you're staying at home, if you're not, if you're working from home. So I feel like parenting is constantly changing and evolving too. And then what you think parenting is going to look like, and then it looks nothing like that (laughs) in the midst of it. Right. Well, and it's different for everybody, right? Like you're going to raise your 15 year old one way. And then when my kid gets to be 15, is it going to be the same? I don't know because times will be different and you know, we might have different expectations than the other person. So it's, it's always good to get a different point of view from other parents, because whether or not you agree with it, it's nice to know that there's different ways to do it. So if I'm doing it a way that's not working, maybe I try it your way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Important as parents and just moms that are listening to is just know, like, there is no one right way to do something, right? There is no one right. I'm having a hard time saying the word right. I want to say white. There is no white way. Um, geez, right way to do it and to parent and know that you can always change the way that you are parenting too. If you're not happy with, you know, the way that things are going in the situation, like seek out help, you know, look on, you know, look for a coach, look for someone to help you as a parent too, because there is no book written for every single person and every single situation. Like it is all different. So even if you go read the book, it might not fit your situation and just know that like, we're all going through it. Like you're a coach, but like you go through stuff with your, your kids, you know what I mean? Nobody is perfect. And so we're on this podcast, like talking about, you know, reawakened mom, and here's how you can communicate with your kids. But I'm sure Anna, you have hard times communicating with your kids sometimes. (laughs) I mean, they're, they're kids. They're going to change and the way you have to communicate with them is going to change. I find that right now, my oldest is the most difficult. Now, I don't know if that's going to, change anytime soon or if it'll stay the same forever but he's the more sensitive one he's the one that once he gets something stuck in his head it's like his way or no way I'm hoping that that changes by the way (laughs) oh I got a dog in my face (laughs) any comment here because like I thought that I honestly thought I had no idea what the teenage years were going to be like. I thought once I got past the terrible twos and you know, the threes, like I was like, we are golden. Like if I can make it through those days and like <laughs> whatever's coming up and all the energy and running around, like we will be so good, you know, cause then they're going to be in school and then like, we'll have fun together and all these things. And then teenage years come and you have no idea. Um, I feel like as a mom, like how isolated, like you're like, I raised you this whole time and I loved you and I cared about, and like, you don't even want to be around me. Like I get like a sideways hug. Like, I don't, it's just, it's so interesting. I need to have someone that can like coach me on like teenagers or like a teenage expert because it is, it's like, 
it's so interesting the way that like their brain has changed, like their body, the chemicals in their body, all that stuff is changing and their hormones, you know, and then we just lived through a pandemic. So everything was changed for everyone in the whole world. And, and so as a mom, it's like, like you get a little bit heartbroken. I feel like, cause I'm like, feel rejected almost because I'm like, you don't want to be with me. Like I'm your mom. So there's an interesting shift. I feel that starts to happen right around 12, Anna, where it is, it's more of that. Like, I want to be with my friends and I don't really want to be around you. And they're trying to gain who they are. You know, you're coaching this, you know, like, okay, well, your kid wants to do these things or they don't. So they're trying to figure out where do I fit in? Yeah. And so they don't fit in with their mom anymore. You know, they're like, where do I fit in with like all of these kids and in middle school and in high school? And, you know, they're trying to figure all that out and it's tough for them. And then to not be able to have someone to be able to maybe communicate with that because parents don't understand, right? Right. Isn't that a Will Smith song? Wasn't that a Will Smith song? Like parents just don't understand. Wasn't that like a rap back in the day? I don't know. Probably. I go look that up. <laughs> like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, or like Will Smith. Something about parents just don't understand. And now I get it. I mean, because yeah. and you want to understand, but there's just a communication gap. So I'm so glad that you're doing that too, because I think it's so important just for the relationship yeah. to be salvaged sometimes, you know? Well, and it's funny too, like with my 12 year old right now, I had a big um, problem thinking like he was kind of the outcast of his class, not an outcast, but like different. He's very much like into math and science and a lot of kids aren't into that, right? So I felt like he was kind of outcast in a way. And now like I'm realizing like all these kids that he hangs out with that I would have never thought because you see what you see, like all these kids, I'm like, oh, they hang, hang out with them. <laughs> like, I didn't know that that was even possible. Like they'd be interested in the things that you are interested in. But I think kids are more open because they see they're different and that's interesting and they know stuff that I don't know. So right now I'm going through that with my 12 year old. I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of refreshing to know that he's got kind of friends from all areas. <laughs> oh, that's really, that's really cool. And I, I would love to talk about something else too because I was um, creeping on your website too. And I was seeing... <laughs> Just all this great stuff that you are doing with like parents and kids and, and working together. And I think that's such so great for communication. But one thing is like you do like energy stuff or you talk about energy stuff. I would love it because I'm huge on energy. Like what can you tell the listeners like what actually is energy? And there's different energy types like question mark. <laughs> yeah. So I actually did my coaching through IPEC, which is they're all based around energy. Okay. and seven different levels of energy. And I just found that so interesting because it makes so much sense once you start learning about these different energy levels. And for example, like I always told my 12 year old, which he is getting better, that he would be giving me a very level one energy, which is being the victim. Like, poor me, like this is happening to me. I am like, I can't talk to you when you're in this level. Like you have to, move past this and figure out what do you want to do to change and then there's 
energy that can be very angry, right? Like you're just mad about everything. And, and then at least they're, they're mad about it, right? Like that you can do something with. And then there's, I mean, all different levels in between. And then like level seven is just pure joy. Like you're almost like in your own world, you just happy about everything and, and just enjoy everything that you do. So it's, it's an interesting way to look at it. And when kids see those different levels, it kind of opens their eyes to other people because then they have something to relate. Oh, they're giving off this energy or they're giving off this energy and you can change people's energy just by being in the room with them. And you have to be very conscious of your own energy because they can change your energy. Mm -hmm. So you often hear like, hang out with like the top five people that you want to be like, right? Yeah. Because their energy is what you're striving for. That's what you want. If you're hanging out with people's energy that is bringing you to a level that you don't want to be, well, then you're not going to get to where you want to be. So yeah, that energy thing, I, I find it so fascinating, honestly. I think it's, my kids are like, oh, mom. <laughs> like, but really, like, if you're, if you're giving off that energy, what do you expect? How do you expect them to respond to you? So as a, so like, they may thinking like, okay, let's like, for example, so as a mom, like, what can a mom do if like, she's like giving off all this negative energy too, because I have all the things to do and I've got to do the dishes and clean. And then I got to drive you here. And then I got to cook something that like is actually healthy and hopefully you eat it. And then I've had to do all these things all day. Like if a mom is in that like low energy, obviously like her kids are going to pick up on that too. Like, do you have suggestions or something that a mom could do to like, maybe try to get out of that lower energy or maybe move up on an energy level so that hopefully because we all know like our energy we give off we get back so if you're having that negative energy you're probably getting that back from your kids you're probably getting an attitude back or you're getting sass or whatever is coming back to you and you don't and then you're getting more upset so we can just keep going right I often say that to my husband like you're yelling so they're yelling you get that right like they wouldn't be yelling if you would calm down Like, do you have a tip or like something that like a mom could do today that if it's like, if she's in that like low energy, like low vibe mode, like I'm the victim or whatever it is, like whatever the one you want to say, like what could a mom do today that could like maybe help her move up that energy ladder so that she feels better and is joyful about motherhood? Yeah. So honestly, I've done this myself. I would go pick my kids up from school knowing that it's going to get real chaotic in like two minutes, right? And it takes one minute sitting in your car, taking a couple deep breaths and putting yourself into the energy you want to give your children because you don't know what they're bringing to you. So set your intention and figure out what do you want your energy to be for them to be getting in your car. And that's going to change everything. Like I would go crazy on the car drive home, picking up my kids. And once I started doing that, I, I had already set the intention that I don't want this to be chaotic, but then, then, you know, that that's not what you wanted to happen. So you can steer it in a different way. You can bring it around and say, no, I'm not gonna, 
go down to that level. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to support them the best I can support them, or I'm going to get excited, more excited with them because they're excited about something. And it's changed a lot for, for my car rides for sure. Yeah. I think that is, that's a great tip because just noticing your breath and like kind of where you are and like, you know, when picking the kids up, like you said, the example, like you have an energy that's happened with you all day long. So it's like you, it can be a great energy or it can be one where you're like, I had a rough day or I didn't get everything done. So it definitely is just being mindful in that moment and, and taking that breath and awareness of like, okay, I want to be joyful right now. I want to love all my kids, no matter where they are. Like, you know, all the things, do you use positive statements? Do you do that as well? Or do you just say like, make an intention of like, I want to be joyful. I want to be a great listener. Like, is that kind of what you do? I do breathing because I believe in that breathing in positivity, breathing out negative fear, all the gooky, gross stuff. So I do the breathing and then I set an intention. Like my intention today is to have great conversations with my kids on the way home. Or my intention today is to be goofy with my kids on the way home. Like there's so many things that you can do with it. Another thing that I started doing, which I've kind of gotten out of out of doing, but I should start that again because it was a lot of fun. Like when you go to drop your kids off, give them one thing to do during the day. That's like a positive thing. So like I would say today, I want you to go up to somebody that you don't normally talk to and just say hello with a smile Mm -hmm. and just see what they come back with then that evening when you pick them up and say, what did that come to? Did I start a conversation? Did they just say hello and you went your separate ways? It got them curious and you would get stories to talk about on the way home then too. Oh, I love that. That's, that's great. You should definitely yeah. start doing that. Maybe I should start doing that. <laughs> it's, it's fun. Like it's harder, a, a little bit harder. I find with my older children. Cause like, sometimes I will like go up to a teacher and tell them something interesting about you and say, you want to know something interesting about them. And they're like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm like trying to not visualize that happening, but I'm like, okay, think positive. Think positive. Yeah. Maybe they'll do it or just think you're crazy. <laughs> Is there anything that you haven't shared um, with the moms today that are listening that is just on your heart to share? Maybe that we haven't talked about yet. Well, I think that a lot of people talk about self-care so much that we can kind of be like, oh, not that again. But intention is self-care. Like just be intentional with your thoughts and your actions and know where, where you want things to go because that can change everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, it can, like a minute in the car can change so much of the, of the outcome of the rest of your day. So being intentional, you know, maybe that's first thing in the morning too. Like when you get up in the morning and you set that intention for like the morning, like before kids go to school, if they go to school and then the intention before you pick them up or they get off the bus, like, okay, what is my intention now? Maybe right before they go to bed, what's my intention? So I think that's so, so smart to, to be able to do that. And it's something that can be so simple, but can make such a big impact. Yeah. And I don't think we understand the impact that it makes sometimes because I've had my own children say, no, I'm really glad that I did that. Like, I'm really glad that I went and talked to this person because now they made a new friend that probably wouldn't have happened if that wasn't talked about before. So thank you for sharing intention. 
totally going to be using that one as well too. So um, yes. last question for you, my friend, Anna, um, what is something as women, we don't celebrate ourselves enough, never enough. We just can't celebrate ourselves enough. We celebrate everybody else and our kids and spouses and friends, but we don't celebrate ourselves enough. So I would love to know what is something that you love about yourself right now? Um, I would say, honestly, it's the loyalty because when you are my friend, I am loyal to the end. <laughs> like my husband, sometimes I'm like, even though I don't agree with you, I'm still <laughs> here with you. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Yes. Yeah. So my loyalty is something that I love about myself because it's important to have loyal people in your life. Absolutely. Those ride or dies that like will be with you no matter what. You can always count on them or call them at like two in the morning, right? Oh. <laughs> awesome. Where can people find you that are looking for maybe more information on what you offer or just want to stay connected with you? Yeah. So you can find me on my website, www.annabrice.com. Otherwise, I'm also on Instagram, which I'm having so much fun with. I love Instagram right now. It's AB New Generation Leadership Coach. You can always email me, hello at annabrice.com. Awesome. So fun. Thank you for this conversation today. And I know the moms out there are probably taking a minute right now before their kids get into the car to, to be intentional. So thank you so much for being here today, Anna. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. See you soon. Yep. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you felt like you were hanging out with your bestie because now more than ever, we need community and connection. If you loved this conversation and have a friend who you believe needs to hear this, please share this episode with them. It could transform their day. Follow this podcast on Spotify or subscribe on Apple. Your support means the world to me. If you found inspiration today, take a second and leave a five-star rating and a review so more moms can find this podcast. If you want to continue this conversation and take action on something we talked about today, join me and other mamas in our Facebook group. It's linked in the show notes because who has time to write all that down? Remember, we are stronger together. We are stronger supporting each other. We're stronger lifting each other up. We are stronger sharing our journeys and stories because you are not alone like ever, mama. I believe in you, mama. I see you. I hear you. I am Melissa Clampett, and this is the Reawakened Mom Podcast.